It's that time of the show. We're coming to you live from the muddy banks of the Nambucca River in the heart of the Maxville CBD, and we have the Aussies on NBA show. We've got Sneaky Pete from the Dark Web and the NBA Oracle with us, and it's a, a very big day for the Oracle. His team, the Celtics, have done quite well today. I think I'm going to start with you, Oracle. How's it going, mate? Oh, Maddie. I, I'm I'm losing my mind. I I'm like uh, suicidal one day, then cloud nine the next. Wow, that's a roller coaster. Sure is. I think they there's a name for that. I think it's bipolar. Oh well, there you go. Wow. Celtics are giving me bipolar disorder. How about that? Jeez, sneaky Pete. Uh, is there anything you can describe from the dark web for that for the oracle? Oh, I'm finding it hard to stay awake. Talk about <laughs> a bore fest. I'll tell Can you, we get a competitive game of basketball at some stage? Yeah. It's it's the conference semi, conference finals, sorry. And even if you look at the game sevens, they were a bust. Yeah, I'm with you. What's going on? I'm with you, Sneaky. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I, I, I've, got a the, I've got a theory, Pete. Yeah. I've got a theory why it's like this. Why? Well. I feel dotted. 82 yeah, games. Yeah, I agree, Pete. I'm the same. And, and here's what I'm thinking. The NBA scheduled these games to be every two days so the celtics they play they have one day rest then they play again and they've had that for a few weeks now and these are grueling tough physical games and it's like you get behind you got a mammoth task to try and come back if you don't play well at the start it's almost it's all over so i don't like what the nba has done i think they should have given at least two or three days rest when we change the series or maybe change between cities. games three and four, you know, give them a couple more days. But the, the players are playing on fumes at the moment. It I is ridiculous. Like the night before, you're looking at the the, um, the sports betting markets and who do you bet on? Tyler Hero, game time decision. Smart, game time decision. Tatum, game time decision. Uh, Robert Williams, game time decision. Lowry, game time. De- what is going on? Exactly. They're all playing hurt. And, you know, guys like Smart and especially Time Lord, they need a couple of days just to recuperate. And they're not getting that. And so give them a rest, please. Give them a rest and let's see some good basketball. Like, is We're that. We've not seen it's rubbish. I'm sorry. It's been rubbish as a. Like, as a Third party Spectacle. and neutral supporter. It's it's no good. I fell. I literally fell asleep today. Gee, well, you you've had a pretty tough week though. If Pete. Derek White is dominating you in the first five <laughs> minutes of a game in, in I, the conference finals, I think I I think I remember saying that the Colorado native, when he came across from the San Antonio Spurs, had some big games in him and it was quite a good player. So you can't say it wasn't predicted, Pete. He's an all right player. He's a consummate NBA. He's a he's right at the top of the bell curve. But come yeah. on. But you know what? We've had a different starting lineup every single game of this series. So we're always playing with one or two guys out, important players. And I think the NBA has dudded the fans by not giving these guys a chance to rest. Because, like I said, the games are physical, they're fast, they're tough, you know, and the way the minutes these guys are playing, you just can't sustain that day on, day out. Yeah, it's um, 
It's something else. That's that's for sure. I feel darted. Like how many? How much time have we invested in the season and getting this rubbish? The writing was on the wall. Those those two game sevens. My goodness, they were so bad. Mm. And it's just come on. We, well, we need and, a competitive game. Can we and get? Look, and look, Pete. That that game seven, for example, the Celtics and Bucks one. You know, Giannis. He was blowing. You know, in the first quarter, he'd already looked like he had enough. You know, and. You tell me you get like a, a Giannis that's rested or whatever. That game's going to be tough. And, you know, he was just so much on his shoulders. He just couldn't bring it another, you know, second night. Like, it's almost like they're playing back-to-backs, you know. They just couldn't do it. So I'm with you, Pete. They need to fix that for next year. So is it – does Adam Silver have something to answer for? Question one. Does – it, does it the buck must stop with him? Obviously, yeah. Um, I'm thinking it must be TV deal yeah, it related. They want a game on every night, mm. you know, to keep it, you know, the discourse happening. They want they want people's eyes on NBA nonstop, and um, this is where it's got us. So but what about some anticipation? Isn't yeah, it, a build up, like a bit of foreplay. So, Pete, like obviously, you think about um, the NRL grand final week. There is a week of build-up, you know, and that's fun itself, you know. Uh, commentary, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, what will happen. It, but it's just boom, 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 boom. Uh, I don't know if that's the way to go. Um, maybe they could have snuck a couple of WNBA games in between just to break it up a bit and still give the yeah, people something to watch. Uh, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. But, but at the end of the day, it is what it is, and it's a, it's a war of attrition. It's sure uh, the, the fittest, the healthiest teams. I think it's going to be it's going to be the Warriors dancing their way in after the the Heat and the and the Celtics batter each other to death, and they're just sitting there. Bloody Draymond Green is is being nice. That's right. They'll end up having like you know a nice three, four, five days off. You know they'll come back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so should we talk about the Western Conference first, Maddie? Uh, there's much to say. I like the moves. Um, oh yeah, you're eating crow. Hey, Wiggles. Oh, I told you about Wiggles. Greatest game of his life. Oh, greatest games. He's he, on fire. He's playing oh, yeah. well. I must admit, I don't know if you guys recall in the round one, I mentioned that uh, Wiggles could be the difference uh, in the against Denver. I noticed something that he was the open man. He was cutting to the basket. He was finishing strong. Uh, he was hitting shots. And and he seems to be the guy that the, the other teams are leaving open and he's making it count. Uh, he's got hey. – I, I think he's grown. Like he feels – he looks stronger, bigger, more decisive. Even though scoring 40, he's wearing him into the ground by doing it. Mm. That's his best thing he's done. He, Doncic is so busted by the end of the games. Yeah. And well, it's like he's shadowing him. They're on off together. Wiggles. Who I, 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 I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago about the guy that, that's that heliocentric player where everything revolves around him. The guy that's holding the ball, either taking the shot or doing the assist, it never works in the playoffs because that guy eventually breaks down. To have that sort of focus defensively on you to have that intensity on you game after game. Luca's playing terrific, but you know what? 
you can't you can't keep it going. These guys are all standing around watching him. It, it looks like it's just a recipe for disaster. Oh, terrible. Do you see the other day when uh, Reggie couldn't hit a shot, zero from ten? Yeah. The Ma- the Maxi, he was he he, did, he balked when he went for a three. He didn't know if he was shoot or not. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. He, and and he's he's had a bit of a tough run shooting the ball, but um, like I thought, can I give out a shout out to a Kavon Looney? Oh, the uh, lunatic. The guy that. You know, when the uh, the Warriors are playing against um, all these other great centers, sorry, not Warriors. I mean the the Dallas Mavericks. They're playing against Gobert. They're playing against Aiton. These guys they could just uh, wipe off the court. They couldn't play him. Comes to Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney's destroying them inside these days. You know what a great performance by him. He is getting space. Uh, which helps, um, but he's playing strong, determined. He's getting knocked around a bit too, but he's a bigger man out there. There, there isn't anyone to compete physically with him, and that's something that Aiton he didn't step up, and no. and either did Gobert. Uh, okay, you f- probably forgive Gobert and the Jazz because they just weren't in it to win it. Uh, but you can point a little finger at Aiton not dominating. He did. Dominate at times in games where uh, Booker wasn't there, you know, through the series, through the uh, playoffs. But yeah, he didn't dominate. I reckon Looney's played really well. I, I actually like him as a player. I, th- I think he's done quite well. Uh, so do, do you think, yeah. Maddie, it's the Warriors playing really well, or the the Mavericks have just uh, collapsed? I've got a few notes. Um, Mav started on the notes. Yeah, look Mav, out. Mav started slow. Uh, in game three, couldn't hit a you shot. Um, <laughs> but then they came back and finished the uh, first quarter, I think, behind by two. Luca hit a three on the buzzer. And then, oh, and he did a shimmy. Come on, yeah, mate. I love, I love that. I love that. I love yeah. that. Uh, and then... And he lost the game. I don't like it. It's only good if you win. Yeah, true. But uh, then later on in the second half, the Mavs actually got to a nine-point lead at one stage. But... The Warriors finished the second half with a 10-0 run and to take the uh, lead. You can't have 10-0 runs, okay? No. But, and, but Matty, yeah. in your notes, is it they're making these runs because the Mavericks are missing open shots or is it that they're that the Warriors are, are playing like a, just another level? Warriors are getting – so one of the things that was happening, say, in that last run there, Curry was getting open by – just being too quick, changing direction, yep. and and the Dallas being sort of lazy, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm following him out here. Next thing you know, he changes back and goes the other way, gets the ball, he's got space, it's a three. Uh, they're, they're not guarding him tight enough and with a body on him, and I think that's one of the areas where they're letting him just go off. And, and the other thing that's happening is offensive rebounds at times for Golden State, second chance points. A lot of open, you know, baskets going to the rim, you know, a lot of dunks from Golden State with breakdowns in defense, you know, back cuts. That A lot that, of that's Luca. That can't He wants happen. to be premier. If he wants to be elite, he's got to fix up the defense or he's got to get some help on yeah. the offensive end. So, yeah. so he's got some juice, juice for the... the yeah. And, and then so I just think, uh, you know, there was a time there where I just thought Curry's too quick, too crafty off the ball. Uh, 
and then basically the I think the I wouldn't say the the Mavs gave up because even down to the you know the last couple of minutes they were still trying though within seven you know if they hit a couple of shots and got a couple of stops it could have been closer but it wasn't mm. uh, they didn't hit those open shots they didn't make the stops so and, th- they can't and stop. I, ca- yeah. I kind of think Maddie that Wiggins really asserted his athleticism oh, in this God. game too that. The Mavs just didn't have anyone at that size and that speed and athleticism to match him. And he got a lot of opportune dunks and things when, you know, maybe it should have gone the other way, but he was just too strong and too quick to get it. But how about that dunk, that post that he did on Luca? Is that one of the all-time great yeah, dunks? I'm loving this. Wasn't it an offensive foul? Oracle's talking no, wiggles. They let it go. They let it go. They looked at it. And they let it go. It was two points. Yeah. It probably ruined it a bit. Backs too. Yeah. That was a great dunk. And so Pete and I have obviously been talking up Wiggles, Oracle. What have you got to say? Oh, oh you jumped on the Wiggles oh, bandwagon. Well, I don't know. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I'm just saying. Like this guy, you know, many people thought it was uh, a big disappointment. That mate, he was a guy. I'm listening to Stephen A. Smith, mate. No, no, you listen no, no, to him no, too Pete, much. Pete, when You're he, no, no, no. When he, when he first came out, you know, as a rookie, they were thinking this guy had the athleticism to be a, a terrific defensive player. Um, he could maybe be like a Scotty Pippen type or whatever. I heard all those um, analogies and everything, and so this guy had the athleticism to be the guy uh, to really be one of the, the major players in the league. And and he ended up being a guy that, you know, he could play a whole quarter and you don't even know he's on the court. Like, he would do nothing. And he just didn't have the heart or or maybe the, the nous or whatever to compete. But I've got to say that, you know, this series, he's he's really become a really important player for... The Warriors. It's the Wiggles but, wine. He's fine Wiggles wine. Is Maturing it, with age. Yeah, yeah, I, so, think lot, you know, I think the NBA writers, the reporters out there, they, they, they're too harsh sometimes. They've got nothing else to do but write their opinions, and they always write off players left, right, and center. Is that the Timberwolves? Yeah, but Pete, he was a number one pick. He was a number one pick in a deep draft. I think That's not his that, fault. Well, but... He was picked at, at that spot ahead of was it Embiid and everything as well. He was picked there because he had this great potential. He never has lived up to it, and this has been his best ever period in his career, where he's contributing. Maybe he's not like that superstar scorer that people expected, but he's contributing in all kinds of ways. And I, I think being around this Warriors team, uh, being around a guy like Draymond or whatever, maybe. They've got something out of him that he's never had before. And um, hats off to him. He's played terrific. Well, you could say the same thing uh, for KD when he played for the Warriors. He lived up to his potential and, and won a couple of rings there. Uh, you know, he, I think the system, having good players around you, having confidence, confidence is huge in the NBA. Having uh, leaders around you, like Draymond's not letting him get away, be late, like being lazy on the court. You know, they've had time to train, to mould him, to build him up, to get his confidence up. A player like that 
can blossom when he's got good surroundings. So I often think, Oracle, what you say about these um, good draft picks and stuff going to you know teams like OKC and whatnot, and you know what's going to happen to them because they're not going to have that. Uh, they'll get court time, but they're not going to have that extra something to make them special or yep. be at the best they can be. Fight for a spot in a good team. Fight for minutes, and obviously it's worked out for him, uh, Pete. You know, you, you saw something in him a long time ago. Has he reached the potential that you hoped he could get to? Oh yeah, he's he's getting he's growing a leg. Hope um hopefully Otto Porter's um see I the only two guys I like from the Warriors. Hope he's all right. He looked that looked nasty. The X rays mm. came back um, negative, but. Who knows with basketballs and their ankles and Achilles and stuff like that? I think it was the other foot that yeah, was the other trouble one before. The left. So yeah, he's he's battling through. Yeah, he's been important for them as well. Those auto porter minutes are really really important. Yeah, he them. gives them some size. You know, gives them yeah. some shooting. And um, you know, look, I thought this series was going to be maybe a seven game series or something. I even thought that oh, Dallas had a chance here, but. Um, well, did you see Luca walking down the tunnel after smiling? That one? No, no. He was just before. He's like looked like he was kicking the can. It looked like someone running over his dog. He was exhausted and looked so yeah. sad. And three nil. And there's no way. No, it's over now. It's 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 over, and he knew it. And Cuba knows it as well. And what do they need? Like we, were, I guess. I guess when it comes down to it, it's the better roster. It's the more rounded roster. You look at look at Dallas. We're, they're all like a, a false dawn. They're not there yet. They they improved their defense, but they're still gaping holes. And it's not 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 and they're not holes big enough for they're bigger than well, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. holes. They're way bigger than that. Well, I don't know, Pete, because. Look, they just beat the Phoenix Suns, right? Mm. And Phoenix that Suns was a were choke. come on. Well, I don't know. Like Phoenix Suns was the team all year, and Dallas played well. That they beat the Jazz. You're thinking, okay, you got this incredible player in Luca and all these supporting guys. They brought in more ball handlers. We're thinking this is a formula that could succeed now because. Their shots weren't falling. Does that mean that their team is no good, or does it mean that uh, I don't know? They it's need like, a major it's change. To, it's aching to the 76ers. There's like they had a big three argue before. I don't think you can do it in this in this the way the league's set up at the moment with a big one mm. and just surround him with uh, good players, but no great. I think you need some other focus because otherwise he's got to get into triathlon training or something because he can't play both ends of the court. He can't. No. So he's a liability on def- uh, defense and the Warriors are just getting open buckets, well, as Matt said. Hey, it's Pete, Pete, the other thing is remembering what the Oracle was saying about Miami and Boston being exhausted and these players are exhausted. Imagine you're a one-man team Playing yeah. every second game. Well, look what happened to Giannis without yeah. um, Middleton. Look what ha- look what happened to Harden every single year. You know, he would break down by the time it got into the playoffs because there's just too much on his shoulders. So, you know, I think, Maddie, a big thing for Luca next year, is he going to be like Jokic and come back and he's going to be ripped and he's ready for it or is he going to come back a bit doughy and we're going to have another season like this? I 
Very interested to see what Luca does after this. Is he a protected species at Dallas? Is can he be told like to drop one? Because I, I know with uh, um, you know, at uh, the 76ers with Embiid, you had Barkley. All these old players were getting on him, yep. like and harshly in the press too. Shaq, you know, you got to get yourself fit. You got to get your body right. Is are, are people doing that? Are, are, are the support staff at the Mavericks? Telling him you could be one of the best players that ever play the game if you get your body fit. So and you want you want your ring? Yeah, Pete. So I think think maybe the Oracle might have an insight here with Tatum. Like you look at Tatum's body when he came into the NBA and what it is now. Like were the Boston Celtics heroes and legends and whatnot getting in his ear Oracle and telling him to you know, get bigger or whatever? Or was it something internal in him that he knew it and he was going to make it happen? Or, or was there was there that sort of talk? I've never heard any talk where they've had trouble motivating Tatum. Like Tatum has always sort of come into the league hoping or, or saying that he's going to be one of the guys. And so I don't think there's ever been that. And I think that one of the major parts of getting rid of Rick Carlisle and bringing in Jason Kidd was they were hoping that they would have a better connection with the star in Luca. And and I think that Kidd's sort of shown that he does have a better relationship. He he called Luca out in one of the games where he was getting dominated by the Phoenix Suns and just saying that he's got to play a role in the defense. He's got to play his part so that the other players can, you know, um, support him look, in that defensive end, and yeah. he did that. So and I think that kid does have that potential. And watching that game the other day, Oracle, look, it, you know where they lost. He was trying on, yeah. on D. It wasn't like he wasn't trying. He was getting his hands in lanes, and and he, he was having a crack. But I just think that the body isn't keeping up with the will right. at the moment. That's right. And so he needs a, he needs a big defensive center that will have his back. He needs Gobert. That's who he needs. Uh, you know how Luca is. He's always in the opposition's face, and it's like he's the vanguard. Yeah. Like, he just needs a big guy to get in there, and like when Luca's jawing at the opposition, that gets in between them and, you know, protects him, and no, you don't have to be the, you know, the prick all the time. I oh, look at big, bad me. I'm in here now. Yeah. But uh, I think that's what is needed. He needs some backup. So yeah, it, it looks like that supporting cast probably yeah, isn't going to do it. Don't know? get me wrong. Like, the, the Mavericks should be incredibly proud yes. of what they've done this season. They've turned around mm. an awful defense into something that's quite good now. And the, they back their game, they built their game off their defense, and they have a, they have a howitzer in, in, in Luca. And you can win games and you can go. They just need something else to take them there. They need an Air Force. So, Pete, you think the solution is having, uh, and Matt, you think the solution is having like a big guy enforcer. Like that's mm, that's no, the move? Not me. Or do you think it's like another, no, like, no, like one a better of version of... sized guys. I need someone big. Seven-footer. But not, not a, a Pozinga seven-footer. Oh, a I, mean seven-footer. I think a better version of Brunson, like a, a guy that can take the load off Luca, And if he's happy to do that, that's another story too, where you just got a little bit more 
firepower, I think, is important for this team. Because How much do you think Brunson's worth? Yeah, but he's on the, the is, market. he's pretty small, isn't he? Like, when it comes down to the crunch, maybe a good defense can sort him out. And I don't know if Dinwiddie's got the legs to to be that other potent scorer. If they, if they he, just had, got, he had a good... He, had, he, he came off there. He, 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 was their, he was their best, apart from um, Luca, I thought. Yeah, for sure. But, but if they just had another good creator on there, I just wonder if that opens things up for Luca. It makes it a bit easier for him on that offensive side. And whether he's prepared to do that and give the ball up, I don't know. But I think what that's... What are you saying? A, a Colin Sexton-esque player? Well, perhaps. Like Colin Sexton is a little bit more tunnel vision scorer. I, I'm saying like another creator out there that Luca can maybe get an easy shot every now and again without having to do it all on his own. Maybe he can get set up sometimes. Well, that's my point. You need a. You can't do a big one. You can't have a big one yeah. in you know today's was, NBA. You know what's funny, though, Sneak and Oracle? I was watching some of the plays there where the ball was getting flicked out to Luca, who, who would have an open shot, and he wouldn't take it. Like, mm. he would um, bring it back out and then want to play the one-on-one game. Um, like, him, he, he should be told by uh, the coach or the coaching staff, if the ball comes out to you and you've got an open shot, you must take it. Mm. It's almost like he tries to make it hard for himself. There are players that are better in terms of when you compare them against the league averages who are better at taking tough shots in comparison to where they stand in the league hitting open shots. There are guys that are just great. You get an open shot and it's money. Yeah. I, I almost think that he's got a bit of – that's something he's got to work on. And I know it sounds funny. He's got to work on his shooting. I think he's got to work on um, getting an open shot and just getting into the groove and just, boom, hit it, hitting it down because he is not taking some of those shots. The other thing I think will happen is, if, especially if they get swept, he will do some soul searching and think, Ugh, I've got to be better. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Is he going to say I've got to be better or is he going to say you've got to get me someone better? That's the thing. Is mm. he going to be unhappy which way? With himself Ooh. or blaming other people? I would yeah, I think that that's the big question because this guy's been the dude as long as he's like bounced the basketball. You know, he's he won the EuroLeague MVP when he was like 16. You know, this guy's always been that guy. So is he going to say, listen, I'm, I'm already – averaging 40 points in his playoffs, right? What else can I do? He could say that. Uh, that's why I hope he can take a leaf out of Jokic's book and say, you know what, I might be this good, but to get to that next level, I've got to, you know, work out. I've got to get in shape and all that sort of stuff. I yeah. hope that that's what happens. Stop with those Slovakian dumplings and uh, salami. Yeah, I was surprised he came into the league this year, that doughy, especially he played you know, in the Olympics and all of that. I thought he'd come back, you know, in really good shape, but he clearly didn't. And he, he cost his team some wins in early in the season because of it. So I like Pete's idea on a big man coming in because that's an in- instant fix. It's an in- instant change. And obviously, Kid, you know, being the point guard that he was, will be able to set up schemes to maximise the benefit. 
The problem with having a big man out there is if that big man gets isolated and can't defend against a team like the Warriors, then that opens up a whole other can of worms. You know, it, I think regular season it will help, but when it comes down to they're in the conference finals right now and they might get swept. Now, if they have a big man who's on a max deal, say like a Gobert coming in, I don't know if they if they get to this spot. Where's their money? Where's the where's their assets? Where's their yeah, cap? That's a good question, Pete. They they spent like when you've got a lot of these role players that are on cheap contracts, their role players are on fairly decent money. You know, so they're all like on 10, 15 million and everything. So their money's all spread out. And so they're at the cap with one great player and then all these good role players. So the front office, that's where a lot of the problem lies, I guess. Because you could get a, a player on a minimum to miss 10 in a row and just try and stand in front of uh, Seth, uh, Steph Curry like uh, Reggie was trying the other day. What, you, how much is Maxi on? Like, what are they contributing? Well, see, see Maxi Kleber's a really important player because him being a centre that can, well, he's theoretically stretch, can shoot. Stretch five, yeah. Right, and, and Luca likes having all that space. So if they get a big man, I think Luca would prefer some guy that can shoot. And that's, you know, there's not that many of and, those guys around. And, and I think that was a Paul Zingas theory. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it didn't, didn't work. work for them. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying, Pete, about you know a big guy like uh, Gobert coming in and stiffening up the D. Maybe the other thing is it's just hey, you know Dallas had a long season with a lot on Lucas' shoulders, and they've played a lot of games, and he has to do a lot of work, and he's just not fit enough to and and the team to carry the team on his shoulders like he has been right through. A, a, second, sure. a game every second day I just, against an elite team. I just don't see the cap. Like, if you put Harden and Tobias Harris in that that Dallas team, what do you get? You probably get a title. <laughs> like, really? Even just Tobias Harris in that team. It, we know you can look at the 76ers, you can look at the Heat, you can look at uh, Milwaukee, and you see the cap. You can see it. You look at the Warriors, you can see the cap. You look at the Lakers, you can definitely see the cap. You, you look at the Clippers, you can see the cap. You, you even look at the Utah Jazz, um, Suns, I Dallas. Think, I, I know the no. Nugget, I know the Nuggets have um, suffered with this when they were building their team and they were paying players like say Plumley, for example. He was on fifteen yeah. million. Uh, How much? Fifteen mil, I think it was. Oh. <laughs> Love to be his agent. Yeah, not really a tradable asset. Although he did what he was meant to do and helped Jokic through those years, you know, with a a strong uh, center uh, who can back up Jokic and they could play a similar style in the second unit. Uh, You can understand why they did it. But the thing is, are there tradable assets on the Mavs roster that people are going to want to take or take on for that sort of money, where are they going to go? And yeah, it's got it's got to be like Pete was saying, a guy like Gobert who maybe gets forced out. 
Yeah. And then you can get some of these guys together, yeah. you know, trade two or three players. Two but, for one or three for one. Yeah, that kind of deal. But uh, I just wanted to make this one point before we move on from that, Matty, was you know, my idea about bringing in that second playmaker, like a, a good one, mm. if Luca wants to do that. We saw an example where they tried that with Harden because they had that same kind of idea of a heliocentric player who just faltered with, fatigue by the end of the year they're bringing chris paul and harden's like hey i don't want to divert control over this team i want this guy out of here and he did it again with uh russell westbrook as well and so i just wonder whether luke has got that i guess um uh, you know have he's got that same mentality as James Harden, where he wants to be in control of every single possession, and if he if he's more about winning than he is about control, then maybe that would be the right move. We won't know until we see what happens to them in the off season and what they do next year. But I think we can all agree that if they have the same roster or pretty close to it coming into the finals next year, they're probably going to come up against the same problem they have this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, should we go to the east? Well, are you, do we are we happy with leaving the Golden State Warriors? Do you think yeah, that? No, <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time talking about. We've Dallas. said enough about them. Uh, look, hard team to that, like, but it's a team that we don't like. Pete Pete's got a bit of a soft spot for some of the players, but I think you and I, Maddie, we can't stand this team. So, look. Luca, I think game two, big scratch mark across his face coming from his eye. Wiggins. <laughs> hey, don't talk bad about Wiggles. Yeah, I know. Wiggins scratches his eye um, down. And then I think it was someone like Reggie Miller goes, oh, and Wiggins obviously going for the ball there. He got scratched across his right eye while Luca was bouncing the ball with his left hand. And the ball was you know, probably a good meter away from his face. And Wiggins scratched his eye. That's the third eye gouge I've seen or eye scratchage I've seen from Golden State so far in the playoffs. Come on. You think like, it's a tactic by the Golden State Warriors? You I think don't know about tactics, but Steve loose, Kerr's drawing loose, it up. Loose, like, uh, is that breaking the code? Uh, just loose. And... and and, the, and then the other teams, oh, you know, he was obviously going for the ball. And I'm thinking, how could you see that as going for the ball? There was nowhere near it. it was did, just you, a- did you see, though, even after all that dirty play, you know which team's getting fined? It's it's the Dallas Mavericks for wearing white T-shirts. Yeah, I saw that. How much, how much is it? 170000 100 grand. 100 yeah. grand. I don't understand, Oracle. So they're standing on the sideline, right? So, so the Golden State Warriors would be wearing white. Dallas players are standing up on the sideline, guys that aren't playing, wearing white, right on the sideline, maybe going to entice one of the Warriors to pass the ball out to them and causing a turnover that did, way. Did it ever and you happen? even had footage of a ref telling players, change your shirt. Really? Um, look... One thing I think the bench gets too involved in the game. I think this balking players um, yelling at them 
while they're trying to hit a three from the corner is, ridi- is ridiculous. Um, I think play if you're on the bench or you're not even playing because you're injured or, or on the injury list because you're right out of it, stay out of the game. You're not yeah. in the game. Oh, <laughs> Let them play. This is going back a couple of weeks, but do you remember Thanasis Atantakumbo? Oh. How the camera's on him after almost every play, right? <laughs> Seeing his reaction, you know, and he's right up there on the sideline. I was thinking, like, God, get the camera off this bloke, you know? Like, yeah, and so people were saying this guy is the best bench player of the series because of his reactions <laughs> while he's sitting on the bench. I don't like it. Pete, what, what do you think? Like, you rarely ever um, would be on the bench in your playing career. Whatever sport you played, you're always on the court or on the field. What did you think about people on the bench getting involved in the game? I don't know, but I'd, I'd love to, to hear what they were saying to Reggie Bollock. Like, what were you saying? Was, something so about talking about your sister or something. <laughs> he kept plonking them. Yeah. Uh, I, don't know. I, I don't like that shenanigans on the side. That Theanis is the worst of, worst of it all. Yeah. Is that why they keep him around? I think like so. He, because he's a he's a he's a non-event. He's all he's got is a tough guy. He's a tough guy on the court. Yeah. Fair enough. He comes on the, the game's over. They're, they're down by twenty, and he's trying to like get in everyone's face and trying to you know yeah. block shots when <laughs> the guys are just trying to run out the clock. You know, and they're like settle down, mate. You know. Uh, so Golden State. Uh... You know, looking at the way the, the finals are going, I think it's going to be their year again. I think so too. Uh, oh, to, to win to win it all? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I think the Boston look like they're going to come out of these so bruised and battered. Limping. Yeah, yeah, limping out, Pete. Limping out and, and the Warriors are just going to be dancing around, having a, you know, doing the Warriors thing. Anyway, they seem to... I think if Celtics are uh, even kind of healthy, I reckon we'll take them. I I think that the Warriors have definitely got the deepest team. Yeah. You know, like in terms of who they can have on the court and not having any real weaknesses, they've got a good roster, okay? There's lots of scoring. Lots of scoring. And even when they go deep, there's guys that can come on and do something, uh, whether it be defensively or whatever. I I just think that the way it's going, especially if they sweep and have a little mini holiday, Oracle, Mm. that's going to be good for them. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that they're going to get at least a gentleman's sweep here that, you know, they've still got another game in Dallas. Luca comes out. They, have, they play a bit better because all it's going to take for Dallas is to knock down some of these open shots, you know. But the thing is, and it could happen. They can't finish. They're not finishing. They got you know? the heebie-jeebies, mate. They, they can't score. They're getting yeah. they're getting runs and they're getting leads, but they can't finish. Yeah. Can't close out the game. So, so you, you you think it's going to be definitely quarter. a sweep? Is it- oh, the Warriors are the top kind of team that will sweep them. They weren't no gentlemen sweep with them. I, I, like, I, remember when we saw them up against the Grizzlies and, you know, they had a, a couple of closeout games and then the Grizzlies come back and smash them without Jar Morant and stuff like that. I, I think it's in them to lose a game or two here. Yeah. I think they were, like, I, I wouldn't be so sure this time around because I think they're looking out east and going, oh, these guys that are in the 10th round of a 
a heavyweight contest out there. Like, let's get some rest. I want, you know, I've got some press to do. I want to go get my, you know, take some fashion shots, have some rest, get my jacuzzi, and see what, watch the games. I don't know. I think it's a bit more serious now. I think uh, I don't think Kerr would want to drop a game right now. And I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. Especially with Otto Porter, if he if he could be right in a couple of days and stuff, wait, yeah, more time to him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I reckon, Oracle. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, can we talk about the East now? Yeah. So, sure. so obviously, there's been a lot of uh, blowout victories back and forth, and the Oracle sneakers put it down to uh, fatigue. What do you put it down to, Sneak? Because it, it hasn't exactly it hasn't gone with the home games either. You know, if you go back a couple of episodes, uh, last episode, it's going exactly the way I'd and I haven't put any money on it. I've picked all the games so far from the start, but I haven't picked them being a horrible contest. Oh, there was that one was game three where Celtic yeah, crazy game with your Celtic came back a bit and you had yeah. Tatum rolling on the floor and smart. smart. Oh, well, it looked yeah. like he did did a did a Giannis. He thought he was gone for gone for a year. Comes back out to the roar of the crowd just to watch Miami pull away again. Oracle, um, can, we're not seeing yeah. the best. We're not seeing the we're not seeing the, the two teams at their best up against each other. Like everyone's got like Tyler Hero out today. That's a massive loss. What's yeah. peculiar is that like both games they lost. Smart's been out for the both of them, right? Uh, sorry, Smart's been playing for the both of them. He's been out for the, both of your wins. Yeah, but you, you can't pin the loss on him. No. Yeah, that, that, that game three uh, is one of the wildest games I've ever seen because, you know, we look like, and I was saying this to Maddie off air, that it might have been three or four different times where I thought, okay, we're winning this game. And then three or four different times I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, we're going to throw this game away. It was so topsy-turvy and up and down. You know, I, I just couldn't. Like, Tatum, what what happened? His worst game I've ever seen, Pete. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the, the standard is, it's not been good, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> not look. Been good at, except like said, for Al Horford. <laughs> I put that down to the fatigue. I put it down to injuries. And, you know, this guy is having a try and – put this team on his shoulders every time their back's against the wall. You know, Tatum, you've got to have a big one, and he's doing it every second day. And, Does you know, he need to? If you've got Jalen there that can get 40 when he needs to, because he he would almost won the game for him. He, he did, and and I kind of thought when Tatum went out, like Tatum, he, he was so bad. It was almost like we were playing with four players out there against the Heat's five, and when he went out, we kind of went on a little bit of a run. He comes back and, you know, he does another turnover and the game's over. It was, you know, it, both he and, like, Brown, the turnovers that they did in that game, yeah. oh, my Trust God, me, it, it was the worst hard. I've ever seen. They were giving the ball away almost every other possession. And and when you've got a team like Miami who can struggle to score – if you're giving them live ball turnovers where they can just run, well, they end up getting 33 points off that. And, you know, you just you just dug yourself a, a massive hole there. And I, and I no still Jimmy think... No Jimmy even, too. No Jimmy in the second half. That's right. And we we gave it away. Bam played terrific in that game. 
Um, Look what he can do. Like he's doing moves that I hadn't seen him do for for ages. Yeah, but he's done that on, once. on the dribble. That's been one game in every you know out of all the games this series. One it's out definitely of, not Bam of last year, is it? No, well, so that's the thing. Like you look at like what Rob Williams was last year, and what Rob Williams is now. Like if Rob Williams is playing, forget about Bam. He shuts him down. You know that, and and I think he's been a huge key to this series. When when Rob Williams is playing, the Heat don't want to take it inside, and they have so much trouble scoring. And gee, I hope he's healthy for that next game because we need him. So talking injuries, then. You look at someone like um, Hero, he's got a groin injury, apparently. Groin injuries, you don't come back from in a hurry. No, you don't. In an explosive game like that, like, like basketball. It, it affects everything. It, it's, it, it's, it's a core. It's, it's part of everything you do, your groin comes into it. You can't really protect it. Well, you can't tape it up. No. I, 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 don't, like, know, I don't know how he's going to sort of brush that off. Um, like groins and hamstrings, are, it's a terrible injury. The ankles you can tape up and get through, like foot, fingers, arms. Sh- look, I don't think Tatum's shoulder's right. No. Um, it looks like Grant Williams hurt himself in this game as yeah. well. See what I mean? They're dropping like flies and they're going to they're gonna arrive at the Warriors battered and busted, and, like covered in bandages well, and I'll tell blood. You what, if they're going to do this business of, okay, Celtics, say, for example, we get through in seven games, and I'm kind of thinking that that's how it's going to go with this series. Oops, it's going to be a seven-game series. They get through, and they go, all right, Celtics, you've got one day's rest, and then you're up against the Warriors. Yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of think that's how they're going to do it. Yeah, I think so too. But you got home court, right? Yeah. So. I don't think so. I think the Warriors have home court um, no matter who gets through. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, Oracle, then, can we talk a little bit about the Heat then? Some players that are, say, Kyle Lowry. He was limping around, you know, a few, like a week ago. Bad hamstring, apparently. uh, Hardly doing anything. Played 21 minutes, scored three today. Uh, Mm. What have you seen from him? Is he... Is he playing on one leg but hiding it or? You know, in game three, I thought he played really well despite not scoring that well. He was sort of, he was kind of their leader out there. He was initiating plays. He was also doing terrific defensively. He was getting steals and, you know, just sort of outsmarting us and out hustling us and things like that. And I thought he was one of the key reasons why they won, even though he didn't shoot the ball that well. Like, I've seen him where he's knocking down threes like nobody's business. But today, I think the Heat broke the record for the worst or the lowest amount of points by a starting five in the history of the NBA in the playoffs. So it was that <laughs> so, bad. So Jimmy they had scored six. scored 18 points. Yeah, Jimmy had six. Adebayo had nine. And Larry had three. So it was 18 like 18 points. in the first five minutes. Yeah, That's right. It, it was... It was, they went, the Heat went on, it was zero for 14 shots. It was one to 18 after, with four minutes to go. Yep. The start, that's hard to come back from, mentally. Yeah, that's right. 
And, and when you're buggered, when you're tired and sore, it, it's even worse, you know? Yeah. The, you, you look, there's something definitely going on here. You look at that blowout with, um, with the Suns. Look at that disgusting, decrepit Game 7. And that was like, they couldn't care. It's like, these players just seem, don't seem to care. Well, oh, no, I, don't, God, I don't agree with that, Pete. I don't think it's caring. I think it says... No, I mean, when they get behind, they think they throw in the... They don't mind taking a massive record setter like that. Like the Suns did. They took that. I'll take a, the record. <laughs> Yeah. Like Miami kind of did the same thing. We haven't scored a point. Why aren't they out there scoring a point to beat that re- like to beat that record? They want that on them, but they just didn't seem to care about that. That's not a real good record to have yeah. in the well, history of the NBA. I, in the I, I, I wonder whether you know, Jimmy Butler's actually worse off than what we're thinking. Uh, they, because, I think he is. He's had That's, two dud games now, and and I, I heard Pete that he even had trouble in the. Uh, 76ers series with his knee as well. Is that right? Yeah, he did. But it didn't seem as obvious. But then he comes out and has that game one where he was unstoppable. Yeah, but he was... It wasn't that he was um, like more athletic than anybody else. He was just drawing fouls, playing smarter, playing tough. You know, it wasn't that... It was one of the smartest games I've ever oh, seen yeah. a, a player play that game one. Yeah, and so that could be deceptive that, you know, he was right, but maybe he wasn't. He was just, you know, ready know. for it. I can't help but, besides the form of Al, Al Horford, who has found a, uh, a, a second coming in his career. <laughs> look, look at that trade now. <laughs> yeah. What a win. He's the best player on the court. He's getting down offensive rebounds. He's playing like he's, playing like he's 21. Yes, and... and- and sometimes it looks like Celtics have a big advantage in their size, especially when Rob William plays, you know. But when he's not on the court, I don't know, like the the Heat just play so tough. And they did this in game three where we looked like we were bigger, but they seemed to play bigger. They they played harder. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, so unsure what's going to happen here because – who knows what's going to happen next game? Who knows who's going to be playing? You're not a medical professional. No. That seems to be the person that will know the most about how this series is going to turn out. Are we going to have another eight guys on the game time decision list? I haven't even looked at it yet. I but, kind of think that the Celtics have a a, a greater potential. Like they seem to have more players that could have a good game, whereas Miami they just got to play like tougher than the Celtics to, to get through, you know, and I'm dirty. We're missing out on a, what, what on paper looks to be a cracker, a cracker of a series. Mm. Maddie, I'm just got, missing it. I've got something I wanted to ask you, Maddie. I, I said at the start of the season, I asked you to take a look at Peyton Pritchard and, and to tell me whether you thought he could give you something, you know, at the end of the season, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, has he done that for you? Oh, Has he shown time. you something, or you still think he's hasn't no. got it? He's he's too small. Yeah, I well, especially when they're on a roll, he's great out there. You know, hitting shots uh, when they're winning. I, I think he's a. I don't know if he's the guy that's going to get you out of the hole, but that's not what he's there for. I think uh, when the team's going well, 
that he's a great player to bring on. He's uh, trying hard in defence. He's uh, you know getting in in the passing lanes and being active on D. He's hitting threes. Uh, he's dribbling around the the paint and hesitating and going and hesitating and going and finding a pass to an open player. I think he's playing really well. I was surprised to hear that he's actually older than Jason Tatum. Yeah, uh, that's fine. It, it, yeah. The, so I think that he's playing well. I, I don't think it's a small man's league, but I guess when you're in the second unit and you're up against a certain lineup and you've got a guy like that, that's good. Yeah, there would be. Yeah, certain, I think I be... think Udoka's tried to put him on the court when maybe he's not going to get taken advantage of as much. We saw today that whenever Tucker was out, Tatum was in, and whenever Tucker was guarding, you know, a bigger guy like uh, Williams or something, Tatum was in, and, and Tatum was trying to work these smaller blokes. So I think Udoka's played a really good game plan for most of this series, and. I think he's got the best out of these guys, you know, despite all those injuries. He's he's sort of found a niche for almost everybody on the team. Uh, what I, Before we get too much into the Celtics oracle, I had a question for you about the Heat. Yep. Uh, a couple of players, Strauss, Vincent, and Oladipo. You've watched mm. them a little bit now. Like, I've been impressed with some of the things I've seen from Strauss, Vincent, and Oladipo. What are your thoughts on those three? Well, look, Struess hit this incredible shot game three that won them the game, you know. And and he was a guy that Celtics had on their roster and they cut him. Um, And Miami Heat have really turned him into an important player because he can – he can hit threes in all different ways and, you know, he's okay defensively. He's strong and and a willing defender. But today – Pretty sure he got the stats, and you're the stats man, Pete. I'm pretty sure he got zero across the board. Zero across the board, one turnover, Uh, I think. No, 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 no. He had three personal fouls. Oh, right. Okay. Hmm. But, yeah, no points, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no Hmm. blocks. And I had him in the dream team. But But that's one game, Oracle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, he's, he's played an important role because... I think that the Heat ha- are worried about having both Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero on the court at the same time because there's just too many ways to attack. And I, I think they sort of thought that at least Struess can give them something defensively. But on a game like tonight, I think they hunted Struess a bit. I think yeah, they went after him and they were yep. successful at that. Okay, what about Gabe, Gabe Vincent? Well, I think he was another very important piece in that last game, in game three. Yeah. He had so many big shots. In game and he one, seems he to get, pretty... Yeah, and he seems to do well defensively too. Like, he, he gets a lot of steals and stuff. And actually, the first time I actually saw him play was for Nigeria in the Olympics, and he impressed me there. And and he's turned into an important piece for the Heat again. They seem to find these guys in the scrap heap yeah. and turn them into something. So where'd they find him from? Well, he played – look, I don't know – when he joined the Heat, but the first I ever saw of him was in that Olympics last year. So whether he joined the Heat after that, I'm not sure. Mm. But uh, and he he played well for them. You know, he was he was a guy that sort of led them around, played well defensively and things. So I don't know if, if the Heat had impact on him before that 
tournament started or or afterwards. But you know they've got another guy there, and and I know that in that series against the Sixers, when Kyle Lowry wasn't right. And he started yeah. playing. They played much better with him rather than Kyle Lowry. And and th- so, Pete, do you want to mention what you saw from Vincent against the Seventy Sixers? I can. He's a very good player. I reckon he's a good role player. I, I, he doesn't do, try and do too much. He does basically just enough of what he needs to do. He was at uh, Stockton Kings, and then he went to Miami Heat. I don't know whether it's after, but it's in 2020. So it's around the Olympics. So you're right. But then he went to um, Sioux Falls, and now he's back, which I guess is their G League team or mm. or something. Um, I'm more excited about Oladipo. Yeah, he's yeah. um, he looks his body looks good, and I hope for his sake it stays that way because he's he's exploding now which is good to see. And I think he might be a linchpin for him. If he, cause what he was a, he was close to a max contract player, wasn't he? Pete, he was, when he was in his heyday at the paces, we're looking at him as like a, you know, maybe a second team, all NBA kind of guy, like maybe the third, fourth, most dominant guard in the league. And um, so he, he's got a pedigree there. And I thought in game three, he was terrific defensively. I don't know how many steals he got, but he seemed to be getting his hands on the ball all the time in that third game. And he was a very, very important part of their defense. And then in this game, like I think that he carried them for a lot of that first half. It'd be a great story if you could pull him through. Yeah, to me, he sort of, he fell apart in that second half a bit. I thought that, Maybe he just played too many minutes and he's not used to it or something like that. But here's the thing I wanted to ask you about him. Matty, you're, you're pretty good at the body language and all that. I would see him do something like explosive one play and then the next play he just sort of walks it in and gets his shot blocked and you think, oh, yeah. I don't know if he's got that athleticism back or not. I, I kind of think he doesn't. Well, explosive athleticism and endurance are two different things. Yep. So that could but just be... But I think he's got like, neither. Well, how many minutes has he played in the last three or four years? Exactly. Not many, right? But no. he's on the court. He's showing what he can do. And he's having moments. He had moments against the 76ers where he was, you know, the best player on the court for segments of the game. Uh, or, or, you know, in that series. So he's got something. Contractually, it's, I think he's got one year to go on his current deal, does he, Oracle, and he can opt in or opt out of that and then, you know, look to the market. I, I think that he could, whether it be the Heat or another team, he, he could quite easily be a six-man-of-the-year uh, potential guy. I think he could be... Uh, starter on a good team with maybe his third option, something like that. Could definitely see that. It's a pretty good X factor to have on your bench. Definitely. Yeah. When you look at, like for me, the 76ers, when I look at that bench, I'm crying out for an Oladipo on that bench. Yeah. But, yeah. 
He's played really, really well. I didn't expect this out of him. Gotta be happy, yeah. Considering you, you didn't think he was going to feature no, at all. I didn't think so at all. And and when like Tyler Hero went out, you know, he obviously had a much bigger role to play. And I thought he held it together and and held the team together for a while. But you know, I think he, he can only do so much. You can only expect yeah. so much out of him. And um, yeah, but if the Celtics are wounded as well, like. You know, you could take advantage of that. There's, um, yeah, this series, yeah, I've I've been on it all all night. It's just so disappointing. Yeah, I, it's I just hope... a disappointment. I, I hate the burst a burst of bubble sign, but man, oh yeah, it's look, so look, frustrating. I I kind of think that when the Celtics are right, we destroy them, but we're not right all the time. You know, we 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 seem to have half a team sometimes, and and when that happens. The Heat are good enough to win, you know, and they're no, they're no pushover. So someone needs to win two more games, right? It is possible that this this first two, you know, this series tied, two all, there's three to go. There's a bit of feeling out happening. It's crunch time now. The teams could rise to the occasion and have three good games to finish the series, Pete. Let's hope that happens. I hope it does. I hope we get some competitive basketball. Like, competitive... I know it's competitive. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, um... Some tight basketball because basketball is at the the best when it's what scores even minute to go. Yeah, yeah. I saw a stat that said that of every single so they've played four quarters, four games. That's sixteen quarters. The Celtics have only lost in points two of those quarters, and yet we're at two all. So out of the 16, the Celtics have won or tied 14 of those quarters. Well, Oracle, you've obviously been following this series closer than Pete and I have. What are you, what's your prediction for the rest of the series? Like we, We're talking that the Warriors are going to beat Dallas. You know, It could be a sweep, could be a gentleman's yep. sweep. What's going to happen with Miami-Boston? It's a tough question, Matty, because a lot of it comes down to the health. And I kind of think that if Rob Williams is right, I think we'll win the next two games. But he limped off again in this game and didn't come back. Marcus Smart had a terrible injury with his ankle. It looked like he'd broken it. It went 90 degrees. If he doesn't come back, that's going to be really, really tough. But if one of these guys comes back, I think we're okay. I think we'll win this because I just don't see the Heat having enough horsepower or to get them through. Jimmy Butler doesn't look right. Um, Kyle no, Lowry doesn't right. look right. And um, if you're relying on Tyler Hero, who, as you said, has got this right. groin thing, I just think it's going to be hard for the Heat to score. So if I'm going to go Celtics in two. If the Williams boys are out, both of them, like because Grant took a knock, to, are we going to see Luke Cornett in the finals? <laughs> is it is it going to happen? You know that that could happen. You know, even you know, because, the cards are bad if that's happening. As much as I like Tice, this series when Tice has been on the court, Miami's destroyed him. Yeah, he hasn't been good. So you know, we need these big men, and it looks like. Al Horford's the only one that's sort of healthy out of these guys. The old man. I oh, know. 
Well, this goes to show what having a year off does. Yeah, yeah, that year. Oh, off the interesting was good for stat. Him. Well, Celtics are now five and zero in the playoffs having, after losing a game. Yeah, that's well, a pretty they, good stat. They got great fortitude, and and I think it's come from the coach. The coach came in, Emo Doka, and he had these expectations for him. He was tough on them. I've seen him do timeouts where all he's doing is just yelling at his players for stuffing up. Well, he came out. He told them to stop bitching at the refs this yeah, week. Yeah. So he's got a kind of aura about him, I think. And he the looks players like an angry man. Him. He looks like an angry he's man. He's a big he dude, isn't you he? Don't, like you don't he... want to mess with him. No, you don't. <laughs> um, so I think, I think he's played really well. He's played great tactically. I thought... You know, if anyone's going to sort of out-tactic him, it'll be Spolstra. But I kind of think Udoka's held his own on that. And, um, yeah, I, I think if you ask me, Maddie, the prediction, I think I think we'll definitely win if Rob Williams is playing. And if he's not, I still think we got the edge. Wow. Just slightly, though. Pete? Um, I can see Celtics winning the next two, barring catastrophic uh, roster problems, <laughs> which is like well, could be. Who knows what's going on? Like basketball, um, they're not, they'll they'll print anything these journalists say except the the facts. And what you want to know is how the injuries are going. And they and these teams are complete mum on injuries more so than any other sport. I've seen like Grant Williams might have two broken ribs. Who knows? He's been bashing his chest yeah. for for three weeks up against everyone. Who knows what he what he's got? Who knows who knows what Jimmy Butler's got? Maybe he's got um, meniscus problems. Who knows? No one knows. But you can only try and guess by the way they look. And barring anything, it is, I think I'm I'm going to pick it, and I can't believe I've. Didn't put any money on it. I think the Celtics are going to win the next two. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like how you think, Pete. Well, I, I picked it at the start. I said I said Heat, then Celtics, then Heat, then Celtics, then Celtics, Celtics. Yeah. Yes. So anyway. if, if that's the case, I'm just looking at the, uh, you know, what's coming up on – so tomorrow – We've got the Warriors Mavs. Wednesday is the the uh, game five between the, fast between Celtics and Heat. That's our Thursday. Yep. And oh, that's our yeah. Sorry, our yeah. Thursday. <laughs> oh, we've all fallen for that ESPN app oh. problem, <laughs> so, <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> but but for some reason, um, so that means I'm click it again on Friday. <laughs> is game five of the Mavs Warriors, if necessary. I was just going to say, yeah. there is an opportunity for the Aussies on NBA to be watching a game live together uh, on mm. the Friday. Uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. Uh, it might have to be the, the Saturday if you don't have uh, anything on Oracle because I'll be down in Sydney. Sneaky Pete might be around to... Yep. Watch a game that that could be a really good game. Well, it could be, you know, like this this could be the clinching game. You know, it could happen. So, 
fingers crossed, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And oh, we should mention the draft just briefly. Yeah. Okay. So Oracle, the the draft happened between now and the last show. Yes. Uh, anything jump out at you at that? I'm just looking up the results. Yeah. So you had Orlando taking the first pick, and then oh, I bet you, you loved that, didn't you? Not Oracle. really. No. <laughs> Sick of them. And then you got OKC pick number two. I didn't want to see that either. And then uh, we had the Rockets with the third pick. And and I guess like there's three standout players, you know, maybe four, but three in particular. And I'll just see what the player types are like, and then you can tell me what you think. So one guy in uh, Chet Holgren, he's a seven-footer who's super skinny but can shoot, he can dribble, he's a terrific shot blocker. But he's very skinny at seven foot. Apparently he's a bit of a hothead too. He's yeah. Done, he doesn't so take he no... plays well, but he, he's got a very thin frame, you know, so... Are we talking gonna... bowl, bowl thin oracle or... Yeah, very thin, Matty. He's like at seven foot, I don't know his exact weight, but it might be just 200 pounds or just below or mm, something right. like that. So he, this guy is thin. Yeah. But he, he's got a lot of skill. He can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass. He can, but one of his best things is his shot blocking. Like he's got great anticipation and things, and and he could be a menace on that side. But he's got to be a roamer. He can't be a guy that can mark up against anyone big on the other side because he'll get destroyed. So you've got that kind of player. You've got a guy. He's 195 pounds, 88 mm. kilos at seven foot. That's light. Very light. Um, but very talented, right? Then you've got a guy in... Good luck in, with him, Beach, yeah. <laughs> he's got a guy... And, and Pete, I think you said you liked the look of him and his highlights, that Banchero. No, no, Jabari Smith. Oh, Jabari Smith. So, so Jabari Smith is a guy who's like 6'10", silky smooth Unbelievable. Jumper, and he can shoot all different ways, like off the dribble, off the screen. Um, so silky smooth shooter and he's got like that, yeah, he's got that kind of toughness about him too, you know? So people sort of maybe thinking this guy's going to be the number one pick, you know, tall guy, great shooter and has a bit of an He's an elite scorer. He's got, he can defend. He just look, if you watch, you should look him up and watch some of his YouTube, Matty. He just looks like he's headed for uh, um, big well, things, and so apparently he's got this um, really good head on his shoulders as well. That his father was an NBA player, played eighty games or hundred games or something. He just looks. If you're in the mounting yard at uh, yeah at at, at Flemington yeah. or Randwick, and you see this this one in the mounting yard, you you're gonna good. back it. So is you're that something that it. Orlando need Oracle? I think so. That, that, like that, like people really don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah, there's one other know. guy that they could take as well. And in Banchero, he's another big guy, but this guy's like 250, 260 pounds. And he's a guy that can create shots for everybody else. So you th- you're looking like he's got like a body like uh, Ben Simmons. Maybe he doesn't have that defensive acumen that Simmons does, but, you know, has the potential to, to be that, to be like just – more physical and powerful than everybody else out there and can set everybody up. So 
It depends on which way they want to go, but they seem to be the top three. And I want to ask you, with those kinds of skills, which way you think that Orlando will go? 6'10 shooter bloke. Uh, I think, listening to that, OKC will probably go with the seven-foot bloke and Houston will end up with the uh, big, uh, bulky fella. That's the way I reckon I'll go. Sneak? I reckon they have to. I I, I don't reckon Chet. Chet looks like a bit of a punt to me. He could collapse. Are you betting on that body? How's yeah. what? So 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 Chet Holmgren would be what you'd have to get more weight on him. So what is a three or four year prospect? Well, Jabari yeah. Smith looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, it's like he, he's just ready to go. So what you'd have to take him and and that um and at Orlando you got Franz there. He looks pretty good too. So yeah, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. You put this guy, he's, he can play both ways and can be an elite scorer. All of a sudden, Orlando are in the picture. Uh, ima- playing. Imagine, imagine Oracle uh, if the OKC took the seven-foot thin bloke and had him and Pokashevsky out there at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about OKC, with their, pick, their second pick, they might get this guy called Dyson Daniels, who's another Aussie. Really? Played with Giddy. All right, like in the mock draft, you had a look and saw. Yeah, I had a mock draft, yeah, and that could be interesting for us uh, Aussies. Yeah. yeah well, OKC's got, I don't know, three or four picks. 27 in the next. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Eight years or something like that. They've got plenty of picks, and there's been some talk that maybe they might offer, you know, a whole heap to, to really get the guy they want. Like, if they really want this Jabari Smith, for example, maybe they'll offer all these other things to – entice another team to give up that first pick. And, you know, it might so happen that Orlando goes, you know, I'm happy to get that third player, just like the Celtics did with Jason Tatum, and they might they might go back and grab someone like that and pick up a few assets along the way. So, so then thinking outside of that, teams that have a chance to do something, you got after that, you got Sacramento, Detroit, Indiana, Portland, and uh, New Orleans, San Antonio. Could Sacramento or Portland pick up anyone that could help them sort of become a playoff? I think um, what's interesting is the Detroit pick Mm. at five. They're talking, they've got big wraps on Shade and Sharp, and they've already got Cade there. And that looks like um, a uh, like the last piece of a kind of jigsaw puzzle for the guy, if he is what they're talking about. And they can jet. Oh, that guy. Who is he? Who's their number? Who's their oh, other first Killian round? Oh, Killian Pace. Yeah. He looks like a bit of a bust. So, um, yeah, that could be an interesting pick, too. Yeah. So, with that, like, you think that um, uh, Cade Cunningham, he could sort of be, have anyone in the backcourt with him. He's so versatile as a player that you, you can bring in another backcourt player and that will work out just fine. And then, now, Hayes even though he was considered like a big lottery pick and stuff, maybe his role is just a benchy, you know, a, a good defensive uh, point guard, which is what it looks like to be. And there could also be talk where, okay, maybe Detroit's the kind of team that might 
you know, package a couple things and maybe go after an Aiton or something like that as well. Yeah, okay. So they, got, they got some assets there. They got Grant. They got the Grant contract. Um, That's right. And I think that Portland, Bagley really, as well. Portland were really interested in going Kelly? after Grant. And Portland only ended up with, what was it, Pete? The sixth or seventh pick or something like that. Seventh, and yeah. That might not be enough. Seventh. So if you're going to bring back uh, superstar Dame Lillard and all you've got to show for is you've got the seventh pick and this team that won nothing last year, and it's not looking real good, is it? Like They're going to have to do something, there's talk especially of, with him there. Yeah, there's talk of uh, the Blazers trying to make a trade to get uh, Gobert over there and you know send back uh, the Blazers' centre from uh, Bosnia. What's his name? The Oh, um, Nurkic. 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 And I don't know if Nurkic is what uh, the Jazz necessarily need, but if, if Go Bears on the outer, they might not have a lot of choice. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see Go Bear, how he went with, with Lillard. Uh, well, that's going to be one of the stories of the offseason, is what's happening at the Jazz yeah. and what direction they, they go. Because there's going to be a lot of suitors for for Gobert, like defensive <laughs> defensive player of the year. How, how many times? He yeah. is he is an asset, and people are going to want him. So, so Jazz might be able to name their price. Well, you know, you, you think is is Gobert what you know the um, the Phoenix Suns need to play with Chris Paul. Yeah, uh, I, I think Aiton's more the prize this off season. I think mm. he could go. He, he's very young as well, and that's yeah. why I was thinking, like for Detroit, like if well, they he could still stay at the Suns. Yeah, he can, but it seems like he was burning a few bridges and things like that. Um, he's burning the midnight oil playing FIFA, I think. That's right. I, I hope that he stays <laughs> there because they've still got something good there, the Suns, but. You know, I, I, my prediction is he'll probably end up getting moved. You think? Yeah, I, I think because if the coach is like, you know, um, publicly, you know, having a go at him and all of that, and you've got an owner who's never paid over the tax, and here's this guy that, you know, he wants to get a $30 million contract. Well, it's just not going to happen at the Suns. So... They're going to have to move him, and they've got to move him to a team that's prepared to pay that sort of money. And I think a team like uh, I've said Detroit before, a team that's got plenty of cap room, they've got a young team. You know, if if it so happens that he's not really worth that money, but hey, they got the money, they might as well give it a go. And, and they say, look, they're pairing Cade with another potential All Star. You know, that they're, they're making moves. It's a good look for them too. How would Grant look over at the Suns? I think there's a little bit of overlap, don't you, with um, Miles uh, Bridges. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, Bridges and uh, what's that other shooter that they got there? Like, there's a little oh. bit of overlap. Yeah, but but Grant's, you know, you can have him playing power forward, and he he can score. You know, they had to be a Crowder replacement. Definitely Crowder. Yeah. You know, if Crowder yep. gone, I actually think it's a huge upgrade on Crowder, uh, and yep. I think he he could really lock up that power forward position for them. 
And and with his length and ability to uh, help defend and uh, a bit of uh, you know, ability there to guard a bigger guy if needed. Like I remember when he was guarding LeBron uh, for the Nuggets there a couple of years ago in the playoffs. There did, it is. He did really well. <laughs> well, what I'm getting at is, Pete, is that he has yeah, played well in the playoffs. Yeah. And if if the Suns are going to have one more year at it, and, and Aiton wasn't really setting the world on fire for them when they needed in the playoffs, Grant could be an option for them, and that could be a reasonable swap. But they still need a big. In the, uh, who will they play? Javal. Well. Bismarck. Starting centre. Bismarck. Dario Saric might be back for them next year. Well, Saric is back. Uh, yeah. should be back. I th- well, they've I just, got a lot of um, depth in the spot, I suppose. Yeah, how how big do they need to be at centre? Drummond's yeah. on the market. Big drum. The drum. Yeah. <laughs> look, look. There's only, there's only a few teams where you need a big, strong centre. And then if you've got a good enough team with without the like, you look at the um, you look at the Warriors. Like Looney isn't exactly a top echelon player. You might be able to find someone who, like a McGee or someone like that, who could slow down a Jokic, who could slow down an Embiid, who could slow down uh, an imposing big man. And, and maybe they don't need Aiden. Yeah, but they know? did draft Wiseman. They were, they were thinking about it, yeah. having a, a, a big centre. Yeah. So just, they, were, they were planning on it. It just didn't turn out that way. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be an interesting off-season I wonder what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Wiseman. He's the sort of guy that, you know, because they're so deep, the Warriors, and yeah. maybe they won't ever use him. Maybe they'll just trade him off with, you know, maybe Wiggins or maybe – because, you know, Kaminga's going to need minutes coming pretty soon. So yeah, he does. they've got to he make some good. space for him. So, you know, he could be used as trade bait next season as well. Well, you'd have to think someone would want Wiggins – like he's not a toxic contract anymore, is he? Oh, well, he's still he's still a max contract. But if you put in him and you put in you know one of these other young players that they've got, whether it's and they seem to have a lot of them, whether it's Wiseman or Moody or whatever, well, you know you could entice the team for that for sure. Yeah. Like like what if they could get Bradley Beal for this, or what if they could get I don't know. If they want to get Aiton or something for this, I don't know. Like whatever direction they want to go in, they mm. they've got the cattle for that. Yeah, it's. Matt, could I can yeah. I ask you something before I forget? I want to ask you about: Is anyone worried at Denver with um, their GM getting this new position at uh, Minnesota? Are you worried about that at all? What, that he's been offered a position. No, he's got. He's taken it. He it's took done. it, did he? Yeah, he did. Well, that must have only just happened. Well, they made him a huge offer. I think he's going to be the highest paid uh, NBA executive or close to it. And they were offering him like a part ownership in the team to get him there. Yeah. Look, it's happened. It's done. Yeah. Look, to if, if you look at who he's drafted, you know, and, and, and pieces he's moved to get, like, okay, picking up Jokic, you know, in the 40s is. Looks genius. Incredible. Yeah. Was it him? Uh, was it lucky? 
was it? You know, he said that he didn't really know much about uh, Jokic or his ability uh, when he first saw him playing and whatnot. And so, like, I, I don't know if he's the, uh, you know, Jokic has never happened, you know, where you, you pick a guy gets picked so late and he's so good. Okay. I think the uh, he's getting paid overs by, you know, the Timberwolves who obviously want to turn their franchise around. Uh, he picked Murray, which was a good pick, but they also picked guys like that Tyler, um, Tyler Loden or whatever his name is. Like they picked him pretty high. They gave up on um, from the Jazz article the their best player Mitchell. Mitchell, Mitchell. Yeah, they could have had Mitchell. They gave him up. Uh, they could have had uh, Rudy Gobert. They gave him up. Uh, there's a lot of things that we missed out on. I think he had a good philosophy of keeping the team reasonably constant, uh, keeping Jokic happy. Obviously, Jokic is happy. Uh, and they seem to have built a pretty good team around him, been a bit unlucky with injuries. They took a, a big risk on Porter Jr. Uh, you know, they, offered, they gave him a max contract after not playing a hell of a lot of basketball, uh, and he, then he got injured again. That's a bit of a risk. It's it, it, a bad year next year, and, and that's a risk of happening, you know, with, with injuries or whatnot, could have seen him being on a little bit of shaky ground. All right. So as far as you're concerned, you're not that worried. You, you think that whatever Nuggets have built, it's not, Necessarily attributed to their their top, you know, their top man, their GM. Well, and um, you're de- pretty happy. Definitely instrumental in it. Like he's definitely played a role, and definitely, you know, when you're the calling the shots and a team does well, well, you know, that reflects positively on you. You know, so I'm not I'm not sort of pouring cold water on his contribution, but you know, you look at a team doing well. There's a lot that went into it. Obviously, he was well uh, sought after by the league. There are, I think Washington tried to get him last season. Uh, so, you know, he was wanted. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried that they're looking at bringing in um, Calvin Booth, I think is the current uh, next in charge. You know, the Nuggets are known for being a little bit cheap when it comes to their uh, basketball operations. They haven't been cheap uh, in the last five years or so with their contracts that they've offered players and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't know. I, let's see who they replace him with. I, I'm not worried. It's not like he's got the the secret sauce, the magic recipe. You know, I I, I think changes can be good. I think that, you know, they haven't set out to – they haven't achieved what they've set out to. They've got good building blocks at the moment. They need a few things to go their way with injuries. And, you know, hopefully they can bring someone in who can see that out. But I don't, like, while I thought highly of him, I don't think he was the be-all and end-all of the Nuggets' success. I think what that's been is a mixture of um, some good players, some, some lucky picks and some good picks. They've done some bad picks too. Okay, so he's no, you know, genius. Uh, it's pick- not just picks. They brought in Aaron Gordon. Like they've that made was some good. trades. That was a great know. move. Uh, but you know, so in, and even Aaron Gordon, he 
uh, has stepped up playing with Jokic. Uh, you know, they took a pun on him and, he, and he's done well. He He's had his moments as well, but I think that we'll see we'll see who they replace him with. I'm not particularly worried, but Good. you know, I, I could be wrong. I'm usually an optimist when it comes to things like this, but I'm not particularly worried. I thought That's it was good. I thought it was going to happen when they when they were talking part ownership and this and that. Well, you know, and and the Timberwolves have a pretty close um, relationship with the Nuggets. They're in the same division, but the Nuggets sent over some of their uh, players that they when they were trying to reduce their yeah. roster to the Timberwolves. And- Vanderbilt. Uh, and Beasley. Beasley and Wancho, Hernan Gomez. Yep. So I, th- there's some sort of connection there between the clubs. I, I think that the Timberwolves are setting themselves up for some success if things go well from here. But there's also a chance that they're going to crash and burn. You know, they, they, so it they, could be good or it could be bad. That's it could go either way. It could yeah. go either way, and I honestly believe that's what that, I call Pete. covering your bases. I honestly believe that each that way bit could, could go either way for the Nuggets, and it could go either way for the Timberwolves. Doyen has spoken. <laughs> no, I don't argue with that. The other, you know, um, I don't know. I if agree wholeheartedly. You, you agree, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I have enjoyed a little over the last week uh, since the Suns lost was. The uh, Patrick Beverly coming on uh, various TV shows. Oh yeah, and oh, he's, yeah, he's great. Have you heard some of his stuff? Yeah, Steve? what's he? What's he said? Oh, uh, Chris Paul's about not Harden's all that. money. Yeah, <laughs> give Harden his money. Chris Paul's not all that. Um, you know, the Suns aren't a great team. Uh, it's worth having a look at. He got uh, chewed out by a few guys like JJ Redick and whatnot, but. I, I just thought that he's pretty honest and I, you know, he, he's an insider. He's a, a current player. He He's being he's that he's crazy, a, isn't he? He's is crazy. He? Is he? Well, I think so. Really? I don't what? know. He was the one. He said, he said Kawhi was coming to the Clippers and it happened. Oh, yeah, but that's different between knowing something and being crazy. Like he, well, he said, well, this is his his so what, um what? his thesis. He reckons any team in the league will give Harden his max contract. Well, that's not happening. Well, that's what it, that's what that's what he says. Well, let's see what happens. But he but he's saying when he looked when you look at the points uh, and assists and, and his stat line, essentially, he, he deserves the money. The, the other yeah. thing he was saying is that he doesn't think uh, he's sort of pouring cold water on the point guard uh, type of talk about Chris Paul. JJ Reddick's going, you know, what a great player Chris Paul is, and this and but that. But he, he was a teammate, was JJ Reddick. I know, and and yeah, so he's going to defend him and, for sure. And, and Bees, but I think Beasley spouted a bit of truth that no one really wanted to say because everyone's scared of Chris Paul because he's the head of the player association, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm glad that he came out and said it because I think he there was some truth there to some of the things he said. Anyway, I, I just I enjoyed that a player coming out and being a little controversial and and hitting uh, the media with what he thinks is his truth. And I think truth he honest, bombs. I think he honestly believes it, Pete. I don't think he's. I think he does too. Trying to be sensational or anything like that. Um, 
Anyway, worth a look, Oracle, if you haven't seen it. I, I saw something about J, uh, JJ Reddick talking about the point guard and all this sort of stuff. And I think it might have been him saying, um, you know, he's not that good. But I think he, he he said like that Bob Cousy wasn't any good, you know. Bob Cousy's just playing against plumbers and yeah. electricians. And Bob Cousy was saying, yeah, but some of these plumbers, electricians were, you know, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and all this, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he doesn't like the idea of, some guy who's won like seven titles being told by somebody who doesn't win anything uh, that he's no good. <laughs> you know? um, so, yeah, I, I like that, that an 85-year-old 80, stood up to, you know, someone in the media and put him in his place. Yeah, I like that too. So, uh, look, I think that the, um, the, the Chris Paul apologists have had a really tough time <laughs> <laughs> trying to defend this one. Yeah. You know, th- there's always something, you know, that it, where it's not his fault. Well, you know, if he's the point guard, win a win a, a title. Okay. Is he is he is he splashing around the cash? It's unbelievable how the commentators and pundits cannot go two sentences without mentioning Hall of Fame. Is he like doing envelopes under the table to get to get him on the ballot as soon as possible? Because man, it, like even if he's good, like think of all the good players that have come before and still playing the game in any sport. Who's referred to as as a future Hall of Famer as much as Chris Paul, and he's never won it. Future first ballot Hall of Famer and nickname of the, and, and nickname of the point guard. Come on. Like, yeah, he's throwing around cash. He's throwing around some is of that, that thirty what it is? million. It's ca- cash for comment. Cash for comment. <laughs> well, That's what it is. You know, like it, it'd be interesting to see. You know what the, uh, like as we've said, Isaiah Thomas from the uh, Detroit Pistons blows that whole argument out the window. You know, oh, it's not fair because he's too small or or whatever. But come on, no. Can, can I just tell you something a little bit? Off the topic, but it happened to be about Isaiah Thomas. Just uh, jogged my memory. The NBA have this big training program where you know they teach kids how to play and they go through all these drills and everything like that. And the first one is Isaiah Thomas showing a dribbling drill, right? And you know the, he comes on the screen and the kids go, "Who's this?" And I go, "This guy beat Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson." He beat all those guys, and he was the smallest guy on the court, you know. And I thought, wow, you know, because they don't know this. They know Ja Morant, and they know, you know, Chris Paul and everything like that. And there's Isaiah Thomas still giving to the NBA community, you know, helping with training kids and all that. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Isaiah Thomas there too. Okay, that's good. Uh, Sneaky, you got anything else? Oh, I just – Praying that they get a good game sometime. Yeah. One thing I've noticed just out of, you know, offhanded comments, I have seen quite a fair bit of Chicago Bulls paraphernalia around the last couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. Don't know why. I'm uh, Every opportunity where I've seen them, uh, I, have ne- I haven't actually been able to walk up to the person and ask them why. 
Uh, uh, Has it been Rodman shirts or Jordan shirts? No, actually, just Chicago Bulls. Like oh, okay. a team logo jumper or a team logo T-shirt. Don't know what's going on there. I don't know if um, Kmart had a sale or something like that, but I've, well, it's just something I've noticed. Well, you know what, Maddie? You go to one of those JD Sports or something like that, it's always Lakers. There's always bull stuff there. You know, there's sometimes heat and, you know. But Bulls are, is one of those teams that, you know, have that big fan base, you know. They, they're one of those premier clubs. They haven't had the best run for a while, but, you know, that's one of the big, big uh, blue-chip teams, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I think we call it a night, fellas. Yeah, no problem. And and hopefully the stars align and we get an opportunity to watch a game together over the weekend. Uh, or, well, I just ho- I just hope it's not um it's not the the Heat winning and I have to watch the Oracle break down squirm. <laughs> call that could episode, happen. That's on the cards. A, calling an ambulance. That's definitely on the cards. Don't worry about that. Finding him up a tree or something like that. Yeah. Might need a box of tissues with us. Hitting the shivers, Regal. Mm. Hey, but hey, I'm still in it. At least there's that. Yeah, you're still in it for the time being. Shame some of your players aren't. Yeah. <laughs> and for the heat. Yeah, there's been anyway. some disappointing results. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. All right. See you, mate. Well done tonight. Yeah. So that's been the Aussies on, area, on NBA. You can actually hear... That's been the Aussies on NBA show. You can actually hear us on Spotify. Usually a couple of, uh, maybe a day, day and a half after the show comes out. Uh, if you search Aussies on NBA on Spotify, that's where our show is on the podcast. Okay, so I'm going to come back with a little bit more of our blues music with Lightning Jack Smithy's Prison Ballad. Mm-hmm. 